Let's do it. going on everybody welcome back to another edition of thunderstruck your unofficial lincoln stars podcast we are back here at the thunderstruck studios deep in the belly of the icebox uh, as always with me is gene cotter gene uh stars kicked off the weekend by uh by fixing that skid six game skid they were on and uh picked up the win against sioux city but uh we're back to our uh our negative ways after the uh weekend on saturday night with waterloo hey it's one and one in the last two. That's the only far, That's the only place I'm going. But even Friday night, had a little, uh, took a little late heroics, a shorty from Raf off a rebound from, I don't know if I could call it a rebound. A good, a fantastic bank pass off the, it was off the a, end board, right to Raf's tape for the, the ultimate game winner. How's that, 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 that shorty right there, Book's on the breakaway, and uh, he, he shot it. You know, off his backhand, it came off the goalie's pads, and uh, it was the ultimate OS moment for, for Raf right there. I know he's getting ready to curl off and curl back around to get on defense. He looks over, and there it there's is. the puck. Sitting right there. Let's go. Let's get it. Bigger than life. So, anyways. The big, before, the big dub. Before we kick off the hockey talk, uh, let's check in and just uh, how was your week? Good week. 4-0. Kids hockey team was 4-0 this weekend. Went down and... Played a JV and a varsity team from Kansas City and St. Joe and went 4-0 four, four on the weekend. Looked good. Hanging out with, uh, hanging out with the bring team. Home, bring, bring home the, uh, the trophy? There was no trophy. It was just a, no. just a pair, of, pair of friendlies, which if you go watch the video on it, there was more hitting in the first two periods. of Than a Lincoln that, Stars hockey game. Uh, I'm going to say the last eight <laughs> Lincoln Stars hockey games. That was my quote last week. I, I still stand by that one today. So, uh, Well, I'm not going to dispute it. Did you notice, speaking of hockey talk, zero penalties um, on Sioux City on Friday night? Zero. Hey, they let a lot of stuff go. Well, somehow they had five power or four power plays against us, five penalties against us. The only, the only penalty whistled on Sioux City was a matching roughing minor. But at the same time, you got to – you got to battle through the adversity and uh, control what you can control, and you can't control the refs. Ba, I'm not saying that that I'm not even saying that's the thing. I'm just saying that I, I don't know what exactly. Look, that look, means. we 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 pre-gamed a little bit. You're like, oh, I'm gonna be Mr. Brightside. I'm Mr. Brightside. You're you're talking about the refs. I'm like, hey, on the bright side, you just gotta control. And normally, I'm the doom and gloom guy, but uh, just wait till we get to Saturday night. Yeah, well, I'm, when I say I'm Mr. Brightside, I'm, gonna t I'm going to talk about everything that they're still out in front of us. I'm just going to steal some of Rocky's thunder from his postgame on Saturday night. But all I'm saying is, I, well, quite frankly, I was traveling, so I didn't get to see it in person. I just thought it was very interesting that that was not commentary on the refs because I don't even know who the refs were. Um, you know, I, oddly, it, we had the same ref both Friday night and Saturday night. Okay. One of those rare incidents where we had the same guy in the building both nights of the weekend. Yeah, so I, I don't even know what that means other than really a team makes it through an entire hockey game and gets only a... It's happened. It's happened. Both teams, I, I think it happened this year where Lincoln and I don't know who we were playing, 
there was no minors. Okay. Or at least minors called. I mean, definitely there was penalties committed throughout the game. But if, if you say so. I think it was this year. How was your weekend? It was all right. Uh, I'm trying to think what I did this weekend other than come to the next Yeah, Jordan. I think you know, you yeah, home so I, yeah, I left home early on Friday. Jordan wasn't feeling well, so I, I get home and click on the on the game. And second period, there's not a whole lot going on. But uh, the third period, as we talked about, was pretty darn exciting, and Jordan fell asleep. So uh, Saturday night, came back, and I uh, was here at the Xbox all night. There you go. Started off well. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was talking to Corey Courtney a little bit on, I think it was saturday it might have been and i was like we got to stop blowing these two goal leads and he was quick to remind me that the two goal lead is the hardest one to defend in hockey but you know what we uh, either we need to stop scoring those two goals early on or we need to score three early on and, or just figure it out or just go one and then defend the one not sure not really sure but it, it, you're right it's been interesting every game that we've lost it seems like we've had a two game a two goal lead in it, at least at some point then started off that way on uh on friday night we went up two real quick and then had to come from behind. Had to come from run. behind. Went up too quick on Saturday night against Waterloo, and I thought, what are going into Waterloo? Uh, that team is stacked. They're they're a darn good hockey team, and uh, we go up those two two goals early on. I'm like, all right, here we go. And unfortunately, we just uh, we missed it and couldn't finish it out. You know, I will. Okay, maybe I'm not going to be all Mr. Brightside tonight because I can tell you that. I think one of the most disappointing things all weekend for me was I kept hearing, oh, Nate Benoit with this play or Connor Brown with this play or Nate Benoit and all these, all these guys that got acquired right before the trade deadline were making big impacts for their team. Looked over, um, checked out the Tri-City box scores, which, by the way, I don't know if you paid attention to them, but they're all of a sudden two points behind us with two games in hand. And uh, their their acquisitions have also been paying big dividends. Evan Warner continues to roll for them. Um, I don't remember who else it was that they just uh, did. They just get Lestarza or something like that from from somebody. Somebody, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, the acquisitions for for Fargo and for Waterloo and for whoever have continued to pay big dividends. That's not that that is not commentary on ours because Yavash had a goal. Um, recently, um, like Friday night, right? I think it was Friday night. Friday, night, Friday Saturday Saturday night. night. It was. It was this past week, and I do not honestly. I do not remember. So that was. That's more commentary on Waterloo made some big moves that are paying off for them. Fargo made some big moves that are, and so as Rocky said, following the game on Saturday night, where he said he didn't feel like we played very bad, but we have 15 games left to figure out how we're going to deal with Waterloo and Fargo. Fargo, I don't know how big of a deal with Fargo that's going to be because we've matched up with them extremely well, but we haven't exactly been very competitive for three periods against Waterloo all season. I agree. And, and now I'm going to go back to Tri-City, who, again, is two points behind us with two, with two games in hand. Um, they, they're averaging about five goals a game over the last five. They beat – they hung on – Hung a touchdown and the extra point on Sioux Falls both games this weekend. Beat them like seven four seven two. So the good news is we get a, we get another shot. We get two more shots at Fargo. We get at least two more shots at at uh, the purple team. Um, and we've got some. We got Omaha several times coming up, and I'm not sure Omaha wins inter squad inter squad scrimmages against each other right now. Early periods on Saturday night were just. They were scary. 
first period it was us, but then the, the uh, second and third period, I mean, Waterloo scored six unanswered and just came out at the beginning of the second and third period and scored two goals within, like, what, the first five minutes of both periods and just kind of gut-punched us, and we were, able, we were unable to recover from that. Found it a little interesting. You were talking about the officiating earlier, so I've got a question for you around. I see Dougie get up one day, and he's got blood just pouring off the left side of his face. Nothing called there. Sambuco ends up leaving the ice, gets a bunch of stitches in his chin, and somehow, I don't know, he must have tripped the kid with his face based on the number of stitches in the bottom of his chin. You bring up Dougie's little incident there where he had blood on his face, and I feel that is the, was the turning point of the game on Saturday night as Doug, instead of taking matters into his own hands and doing what Lincoln Stars hockey should be doing, he just goes and complains to the referee. And at that point, I, I felt Waterloo knew they can get away with whatever they wanted to. Lincoln's not going to do anything about it. Okay. I don't know how much of the game you saw, but th- to me, that's, that was the turning point of the game. And I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I had it on my phone at the hotel room and maybe fell asleep after. And I, I don't know about you, but if I get hit in the face, I have blood coming from my eye, I'm dropping the mitts. I, 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 I don't care. If the ref's not going to call something, it, you need to take matters in your own hands and enforce the game the way you feel that it should be enforced. Obviously, the... The refereeing was not doing what you wanted to because you were whining to the the official about it, and at the end of the day, you didn't do anything about it. Yeah, well, I and I can't speak to that part of it because I don't, you know, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure what happened. I saw one of your pictures, I think, with the blood running down the side of his yeah, face. I still don't know how. That, I don't know how it got there. I don't know if it was a stick infraction, if it was a skate, if it was his visor hitting him. Don't know if it was a check. I didn't see it. I just heard even Joel talking about something's going on because. Grimes has blood running I mean, down if, his face. And if anybody could read lips, they knew exactly what Doug was saying to the, uh, the official, and it was, what the F is this, as he's pointing to his, his right underneath his eye. But I don't remember. What, what was the score at the time that that happened? Because the reason I say that is, you know, I don't know that we should just automatically judge something like that because if you're down a goal or I maybe believe two, I believe it was 3-1. Or 3-2, sorry. We, three were, down, two. we so were down by one. It's probably better you don't drop the mitts because then you take... Well, I guess it ended up not being a power play anyway, right? No, but I mean, there was no no call on it. Obviously, it was not being officiated the way you thought it would. And well, like I said, I wasn't here to see Sam Buco. I, I heard him go down. I know he served the penalty, and uh, then I think he left the ice for the rest of the time. I will say um, I have the entire sequence of the Sam Buco penalty that he got called for a trip. It was a trip. Okay. How did he end up with the, the cut on his chin? That's, I'm not, that's, a, that's a separate question. Cause. As, as the play unfolded, uh, the sequence of photos that I have, Books has his stick between the legs of the Waterloo player. Waterloo player trips. Books trips over that Waterloo player, and Books goes headfirst in the boards. Oh, okay. So it was just a result of both players going down. and Got it. If you're calling... So in slow stop motion, it looked like it was the right call. Yeah, if as uh, you can go back and look one frame at 14 frames a second. Yeah, you can see that it was the, uh, the right call. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. Rocky says after the game, he doesn't feel like we played a horrible game on Saturday night. We don't play a horrible game, but we lose 6-2, give up six unanswered. Um, don't know how you know, competitive ultimately it was, uh, you were here. So we get out shots, 14, 11 in the first period, 15, nothing or 15, 10 in the second and 12, it was 12, 12. 
Uh, so we get outshot 41-33 on the game. Um, what If we have 15 games to figure out what we're going to do to deal with, with Waterloo, a team that we haven't exactly been competitive at all with, Waterloo seems to be this year's Tri-City from last year. What in your mind, BA, do we need to do to, I don't know, figure that out? Because that's the only team this year we seem to have had trouble with is Waterloo. I think it comes down to the same thing we've been saying all year long. You got to come out and you got to be physical. You got to set the tone. Yep. Got to let them know we're not going to be pushed around, whatever. That that's the way I feel. I mean, uh, Rocky, you know, he he did say he didn't feel like we didn't play a bad game. I don't think we played bad at all. We just got, as Rocky said earlier, we got bullied, and it was right around that that time where where Dougie got a, got cut that it just seemed like that's when we kind of just laid over and. I know this is this is uh, taking the chicken exit for me, but when I look at the standings and I look at where we are in the standings, and I think about the potential playoff matchups, so let's just say that that it ended. Well, we better not say it ends today because we have two more games in hand. If it were to end today, and they were going to say pick your poison, I actually personally would be lobbying that we would take the four seed. Because then what you got is you have Fargo as the one seed, Waterloo as the two seed. And based on what I'm seeing, I guess maybe this isn't fair of me to say either because Waterloo comes into our barn on Saturday night and thumps us, and then they go to Sioux City and get thumped by an identical score the next night. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I'd rather have the four seed take on, I think, Des Moines at home in the first round and then have Fargo, the top seed, in, in, Fargo. in, the, in, the, in the second round. But that's a best of five, right? Second round's a best of five. You get, uh, or is it a best of three, two at home? No, I think it's a best of five, right? I think it's best of three if I read it correctly in the USHL thing because it happens in three consecutive nights. But you get road, road, home, correct? No. So um, it'd be three. All First part, round is all three at the higher seed. Second right. round is all three at the higher seed. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. The well. USHL play for, playoff format is the most idiotic thing I've ever seen in sports. Because I'm not sure that's what it was last year. It was right? not that way last year, but no. But they are going exclusively home games. Yes. Okay, that sucks. That's dumb. Yeah, it is. But I still, most... I still say that I want the four seed. I, I, at this point, based on the way we're playing, I don't think we're getting the first or the and second yeah, seed. I, I, if you've seen the way we play at Waterloo in past 10 years, I don't want to play in Waterloo. Oh, Absolutely. So I will Absolutely. take going up to Fargo any day of the week there. Now, I know that's defeatist, and I don't want to be a defeatist. Um, but, you know, we are in a place right now where we are six points with, with a game more than Waterloo. So we'll just, I know, let's just say that they're eight points ahead of us. So that's, uh, that's, that's uh, four more wins we got to have than them. And they've lost 15 times on, on the season so far. And Fargo's 10 points ahead of them. I don't know. How weird is that to say that you'd rather have the four seed and play the one seed than have the three seed and play the two seed? It's all about matchups. Yep. And we've seen that last year. You and I have talked multiple times this year and last year that I think it had things been, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, but I would have rather, instead of playing, if, instead of Waterloo, if we would have had the opportunity to play Sioux City, we had Sioux City's number all, all year last year. So they go in and take care of Tri-City. Had we gotten past Waterloo, who knows? We have, we have Sioux City. We'll be talking a Western whole Con different story we right might, now. We, we could be. We be talking about Clark Cup champion Lincoln Stars from 2022. That we could. 
Okay. So I go back to, so you think it all comes down to regaining the physical edge that we had early in the season? I think but so. I mean, I kind of moved positions a little bit in the third period and, and things got chippy kind of towards the end. And it was already, it was, you know, the six. Well, two that's, or I mean, what's chippy? What are you, what are you trying a lot to do? A lot, of, tra- down, a lot of trash talk. I know. When you're down 6-2, though, right? When the other team just needs to look up and point at the scoreboard. And, and go, that's exactly what our, the Waterloo, uh, I don't know who it was on Waterloo, did. But we had one of our players saying, and saying you're effing next. And, well, this player did not do anything all game long. And then all of the Waterloo players just went at the scoreboard. So I think it's time to stop talking all the trash and put up or shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you there because to me, that's the only thing that has changed. Um, we've discussed earlier in the year, Jack Sparks is gone. Hagen Moe is gone. Um, I don't know. CR had a fight while well, he was or not CR. Um, Biden. Sure, no. Carson did, Biden. Did Biden have a fight? Yep. He had a fight. He pumped that kid down here, right? Uh, I don't in know. The, in the south end. The, the fights at the Icebox have been far and few in between. So, Yavash, yeah. you know, I. He looked like he wanted to go a couple of times on Saturday night. Uh, things did not pan out that way for him, but I, he was definitely out there making his presence known. He was one of the few guys out there. We need to up to physical presence. People aren't afraid to come in here and play us right now. And that's the thing about it is, is you're, you're, third, place in, you're third place in the league trying to chase a, a first round by having to write something so we need to start acting like and playing like we need to we need to play like we are the hunted not the hunter and right now we're we're more we're we're the prey we are and and i should i should uh you know we should probably uh kick this off by saying that we are the unofficial lincoln starts podcast and the the views and opinions expressed on this show are of myself and Gene and do not represent the Lincoln Stars at all. And so, uh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I know that we have always, and I will continue to say not, it's just, I mean, it is what it is, right? It's the same conversations that, that you and I hear in the hallways on stage on the whatever game time away from the game or whatever. It's just a matter of the, the team does not seem to be playing the same brand of hockey that it did early in the year when it, we were successful when we were being successful. And I get it. It's a long it, season. The guys get tired. Guys get banged up and hurt. But this is the time. If you want to win championships, this is when the, uh, the meat and potatoes of the season there is. There is still 30 points out there. There are still 15 games left. We got basically two, two months left to go. Final home game. We play home and home against Tri-City April 21st and April 22nd. Here home on Friday, there on Saturday night. There's tons and tons of season left. So as Rocky said, we got plenty of time to figure out what's going on. So <laughs> with that, what do you say we take a break and then we get to our uh, guest star? I was just gonna night. I was just gonna ask you if we got our guest confirmed for the evening. Our guest is confirmed for the evening. They're probably at home hand ringing, waiting for the phone to ring. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with uh, Tyler Dunbar. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Makar. Kill Makar. He scores. Gensel. The goalie scores. Jake Gensel. All were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at college hockey. 
This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I, I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president, Andrew Goldman. It went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that <laughs> added. I want that added. <laughs> shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening I know the song was No Sleep Till Brooklyn, but I feel like it should have been No Sleep Till Muskegon. Now joining us is one of Lincoln's most recent acquisitions, number eight, Tyler Dunbar. Tyler, thank you for joining us this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, I'm just going to jump in since I just teased Muskegon. Here, by the end of the season, you will participate in your 200th USHL game, all but about 22 or 25 of them will have been with Muskegon. So what what did you think? What was it like when you got a call saying, hey, uh, you're you're heading off to Lincoln after being, yeah, in, no. after being in Muskegon for so long? Um, I don't think it was, uh, you know, it was definitely a new experience, but uh, kind of one I've been open to and was excited for. Um, I think, uh, you know, kind of just the way Muskegon was trending didn't really fit my timeline in the USHL. So it's pretty exciting to be joining a team like Lincoln here this late in the season. He was just excited to come out West and play some real hockey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Don't know, I don't know if you've heard that, but there is an ongoing battle, mostly probably amongst the Western conference teams that the West Western conference is the far more physical league, the, the grittier brand of hockey as compared to the Eastern conference. So now that you've experienced the West a little bit and the East a lot, what say you about that? Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely heard that a lot, um, kind of here and in, uh, and in the East. So, um, from my experiences, there haven't been a huge amount of differences, which people won't like to hear, but, um, there's definitely some, some key differences. It is more physical for sure. Um, I think that that cannot really be argued. Um, but however, for the most part, you know, it's the same speed um, the same caliber of players. Um, you know, every, everyone just has a little bit different tendencies here kind of in the, uh, in the West. Um, just, you know, it's a lot more, um, a lot of the offense comes from in zone offense where, you know, in the East, a lot of it comes off transition. So just little things like that kind of make the difference. But overall, I'd say they're pretty similar, but in terms of physicality, um, I definitely have to give it to the West. So you were you were a fairly offensive-minded defenseman for Muskegon, and that absolutely fits into the prototype defender in Lincoln. So how how much how excited were you learning that you were coming to Lincoln and knowing that the style of hockey that that Rocky coaches and Lincoln tries to play kind of matches up and aligns with your skill set? Yeah, no, I um, I think that. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know a ton about Lincoln at the time of the trade and, you know, just kind of 
being separated um, into two in the league made it tough to know what's going on in the West. So once I learned more about Lincoln and, you know, their style of play and how they like to incorporate the D, I was definitely very excited to uh, get out and try it for myself. What um, did you had you played with anybody in from Lincoln before? Like when you got here, did you know anybody coming in? Uh, no, I actually I actually knew um, no one, which was uh, you know it's a different experience. Um, but I feel like I made a pretty good transition so far, and it's been a great group of guys. So um, it wasn't difficult to uh, fit in quickly. So what did you think when you got here and you pulled up to the rink and, uh, you know, like the other night, um, I unfortunately was on the road, but I, I would love to have been here because in my opinion, there is no better place on the planet than the ice box at a near sellout game in a game that ends the way the one did the other night that, uh, there's not many atmospheres out there that are like that. So what did you think? What, what have been your impressions of, of Lincoln hockey now that you're experiencing it and learning about it firsthand? Yeah, it's a great atmosphere, and the fans are unbelievable. Um, the ice box, I, I love playing in the ice box, and it has a lot of character, and it gets real loud in there, which I, I really enjoy. Um, you know, it's not like a lot of rinks where uh, um, the fans can kind of get drowned out. Um, it feels like they're right on top of you, and uh, you can just hear everything that's going on, which is awesome. So you're from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, right? Yes. And uh, so how far were you from home? How far is Muskegon from Sault Ste. Marie? Uh, it was four and a half hours. Okay. So you're a little bit further away now than you were. Hey, speaking of... He's about 13 hours further away than he is now, was then. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Something like that. So you a big Greyhounds yeah, fan? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, you know what? No, I wasn't I wasn't a huge Greyhounds fan. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Laker hockey fan. Um, those were my guys growing up and, you know, they still are. I, I still love, uh, the Lakers and support those guys. Ever any thoughts of playing in the O? Um, I, you know, kind of when you're going through that age and I played in Canada growing up, um, at that time, um, I was drafted by the, uh, the Flint Firebirds and, um, you know, I never really, uh, lock myself into anything i'd say i you know i kind of told him hey like i'll come and come and uh see how things are and you know see if that's a place where i want to play and you know at the end of the day i wanted to play college hockey so it was a pretty it wasn't a super hard decision for me to say no to the ohl and so then you were were you a muskegon draft pick or did you sign on there as a free like a free agent out of camp or how did you end up in muskegon no, I was actually I was actually drafted by Omaha, um, and I was part of a pretty big trade um, my um, first year of eligibility. Um, and I wasn't in Omaha at the time. I was playing um, back home in Sault Ste. Marie, and uh, you know, once the trade went down, or I, I was actually planning on going to Omaha for about a month to play some games, um, but I got a call from my agent saying, Hey, like, um, you know, cancel that plane ticket. Like you're getting traded to Muskegon. Um, so I, uh, I ended up, I ended up rescheduling or no, I canceled the plane visit. And, uh, about three weeks later, 
I, uh, I joined the Muskegon Lumberjacks full time for the end of the season. It's probably a better thing that you did get traded to Muskegon because uh, Omaha has been kind of a dumpster fire here of late. Yeah, no, um, they have definitely had some problems, and uh, I'm pretty sure most people are aware of what's going on there. Um, but uh, you know, they're one of our rivals now, so I don't have anything nice to say about them. Oh, wait till Friday, Tyler. Wait till yeah, Friday. No. It's uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, what what have you heard about the Lincoln Omaha rivalry? No, I haven't I haven't heard a ton, but I have heard it from both sides, um, just because I was there really early, but um I I hear it's a good one. So I'm excited to see what it really entails. One of my favorite stories I think of uh, Rocky is that early last year he came in and was like, Look, I just want to beat everybody. I hate Tri City as much as I hate Waterloo as much as I hate Omaha. But by the end of the year it was like screw Omaha. I, I really hate, hate them. Guys. <laughs> So, um, yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things where just a little bit of history for you that most Lincoln fans, old time Lincoln fans were Lancer fans before they became Stars fans because uh, Lancers were the only game in town. And then Tri-City came along a couple years later. And so a lot of the original Star or Storm fan were, were Stars fans. So there's a lot of, a lot of relation um, going on out there. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like it. Who is Muskegon's biggest biggest rival um in Muskegon, i think our biggest rival was chicago um that's kind of who uh we battled with the most kind of towards that top end of the leaderboard when i was there um and it's one of our closer games so um that was kind of it for us probably chicago and green bay so tell us a little bit about the battle last year between you and Madison. I think Chicago was in there a little bit. Uh, what dealt, what was it like going through that battle? Yeah, no, our, our playoff run was fun last year. Um, you know, we had a really good group of guys and we thought we could go a long way. And, uh, um, you know, we saw it in the first two rounds when we swept, um, we swept Cedar Rapids and then we swept uh, Dubuque. And it was kind of like, Oh boy, like we we have a chance at this thing. Like if we if we can take out Madison here, we'll be in the in the Clark Cup finals. And um, you know, unfortunately, things didn't exactly work out how we wanted with Madison. Um, we ended up getting up early, I believe, on them um, in the series and lost the last two games. Um, but uh, I thought we played well. Um, you know, the entire playoff run and it was a ton of fun. Just you know hanging out with those guys that are, uh, you know, my friends now. And, um, it was just a really fun experience and I'm hoping to do the same thing, if not a little more this year. As a guy who's made that deep, uh, playoff run, uh, what do you bring to Lincoln that you can, you can teach our guys as a little bit of leadership and show them the ropes a little bit and how to be successful in a, in a playoff run this year? Yeah, no playing, uh, playing in those situations. I just feel like I've, I've developed a little bit of a, just like a, a calmness around that situation where, you know, you can handle anything. Um, and I hope to, you know, spread that out to my teammates, um, as we get into those positions, as we get deeper into the year, um, and kind of just understand that, you know, not all is lost if things go bad and, you know, how we can recover and, uh, you know, keep pushing. 
So I heard a story from early last year when when you were playing Madison. I heard that there was some goon. I'm trying to remember what his name was. Uh, it'll come to me. He, I think he jumped you. If I yeah, remember the story right, it was from Madison. Oh, Sambuco. That's right. Yeah, you don't need to say his name and give him anything. But uh, he he is a vicious goon, and he, you know, I didn't I didn't think I did anything wrong, and uh, you know, out of nowhere, honestly, he. Um, you know, he came in and he, he jumped me. You said it. And, um, you know, I tried my best to protect myself, but he, he was crazy and he had that killer look in his eye. And, um, I'm just lucky I made it out of there alive. Yeah. He always talks about seeing red and I think he fully admits, as a matter of fact, as we discussed tonight, how I was going to ask that question, he was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think he would fully admit that. And I also think that, uh, especially now that he'd gotten to know you, of course, you know what? My understanding is he was, that was kind of his assigned roles on some of those teams was as mm-hmm. the established, uh, go, go set the tone and, and let people know. So anyway, I, yeah. we had, we had to let that go because when you first got traded here, he was like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. I, uh, I tried to fight him. Dunny's coming for round two. That's what's going to happen in practice in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, Just jump him. Sorry, happened. He's been he's been knocked on the floor a couple of times by me. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe maybe don't tell him that. Yeah. Um, but don't tell him I said that. Yeah. But I won't. You might not get invited to, to bachelor night for one week or something like that if that happens. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I might be on. I might get banned. Yeah, Tyler. What's what's been your favorite part about Lincoln so far? Uh. I just love um, the group of guys that we have here. I think it's as close a team as I've been on. And, um, you know, everyone's been great to me so far and super friendly. And, uh, you know, it's just been a great time hanging out with them and having some fun. So I'm going to, we were talking about this earlier tonight that even though we've been through a little bit of a rough, rough patch here lately, I think one, one, we're one and seven in our last eight, something like that. Rocky said in his post game on Saturday night that look, there's 15 games left. We got plenty of time, plenty of opportunity left to figure out how we're going to stay in front of Sioux City and Tri City and catch up to and be competitive with Waterloo and Fargo. So, what uh, what kind of without giving away any trade secrets or anything, what's what's the outlook what what kind of things do you are you guys focusing on to get the get the train back on the tracks and and start rolling again um, the way we were earlier this year yeah no I think um, you know we've definitely been in a little slump here recently and but if you take a look at the past couple games they've all been good games close games um, you know besides the one against Waterloo I believe they've all been one goal games um, and you know ultimately um, nothing matters until playoffs. Um, you know, people forget, people forget about a regular season as soon as playoff starts like Madison last year. I, I don't even know if they had a 500 record, but they made it to the Clark cup finals just cause they turned it on at the right time. I'm not saying that we're going to, um, not win for the rest of the season, but ultimately our goal is playoffs. And once playoffs, rolls around, I think we're going to be in the right headspace and just built physically and mentally enough to take on any team. You know, Gina and I talked about it a little bit earlier tonight. It seems like we've always jumped up on teams, you know, two goals, get a two goal lead. 
You know, you always hear that the, the two goal lead is the hardest lead to defend in hockey. What makes it so difficult? Um, you know, I think it's just a lot of uh, momentum. Um, honestly, if uh, you know, if you give one up quick right after that, um, the other team is momentum, and hockey is all about momentum. So um, I think uh, we can definitely do a better job preserving those leads in the future. And it's definitely been something that we've addressed in the locker room. Well, it's a little thing, right? Rocky spends a lot of time talking about being a process driven team. And when you're process driven, it's taking care of the details. And, and it seems like that's what I kind of heard you say was in close games, it comes down to the details and doing the little things, the gritty work, the dirty work that you need to do. Is that kind of what I heard you say? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, Tyler, you get your first taste of the, the black and Black and orange this weekend. Enjoy it. What ugly colors those are. I know those are ugly colors. And <laughs> Yep. Um, but anyway, you get to experience, I don't know, as being up there, how close you are to the, to the NHL Hall of Fame. But last I knew, there was a display there highlighting Lincoln-Omaha rivalry. So you get your first taste of it Friday night. Welcome to Lincoln, and uh, welcome to the Lincoln-Omaha rivalry. Awesome. I'm excited. Right excited to be here. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you later. Okay, thanks for having me. Need a windshield for your everyday driver? Call Waverly Glass Company. Need a windshield for your hot rod? Call Waverly Glass Company. Need a windshield for your old-school classic car? Call Waverly Glass Company. See their new shop, Waverly Glass, now open at 1400 Cornhusker Highway. We do good work. Not all car problems are mechanical. These days, the source of your car trouble might be a computer issue. Southside Auto Tech has kept up with technology for 25 years with ASE certified technicians and the latest factory diagnostic equipment. From your dashboard to your transmission, Southside Southside Auto Tech has the tools and the know-how to fix the problem, whether it's mechanical or technical. Southside Auto Tech, just south of 48th and Highway 2 on Rentworth Drive. Southside Auto Tech, mystery sound. Hey, Stars fans. Head to the App Store on your smartphone to download the official Lincoln Stars hockey app, powered by True North Technologies. Get instant access to our roster, schedule, radio feed, and more right on your home screen. Thank you, True North Technologies, and let's go Stars. The Dump and Chase podcast is the unofficial fan podcast of the Youngstown Phantoms, but it's not always about hockey. Have you ever played golf? No, uh, you should see me on the driving range. It's scary. I, I haven't played in a few years, but I think the last time I played, I shot like an 83. On 9 or 18? On 9. Still not bad compared to me. Yeah. I mean, it would have been 80, but the windmill kept getting in the way. The Dump and Chase podcast, every Wednesday at 5.06 on Western Reserve Radio. Welcome back to Thunderstruck, your unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. Gene, we mentioned there at the end of the uh, conversation there with Tyler, it's... uh, it's Omaha this weekend, uh, home and home. Uh, Friday night is Pucks and Paws night out here at the Icebox. You bring your puppers? I don't. Um, Daisy probably have too much fun in the in the penalty box, sitting in there with everybody, and they'd be trying to go out, and she'd get out on the ice and chase the puck down, and it just would be ugly. But she would love it. I'll guarantee you, she would love it. I I do not trust my dog uh, out here with the uh, the other. The other, basically, people and other other canines out here, it would be it would be a gong show. It'd be a big old Donnie Brook out there. Get ready for whining too, right? Because you'll have all the people complaining about all the dogs and people who complain about dogs. There's just there, there's something wrong well, with those people. Yeah, they have they have a place, but the ice rink during a game night is not one of them. Yeah, but 
if you don't like dogs, you know what I gotta say. Maybe you should save some special <laughs> treats to throw on the ice. <laughs> Something like that. Anyways, uh, yeah. So Friday night, Omaha here at the Ice Box. Uh, hoping for a good crowd. I think uh, what fifteen hundred tickets out, something like that, right now. So plenty of plenty of time to get your tickets out here. Uh, Saturday night up there at the Ralston Arena for the for the uh, round two of the of the weekend with the Lancers. Yeah, Omaha weekend, and there's only fifteen hundred out. We need to get thirty five hundred out. College students filled it up. I think every night, night should be college night. I'm not sure that I disagree with you because that's atmosphere the atmosphere was awesome. It was that's, good. Yeah, that's the atmosphere. We got we got Bugaha three times in the next four games. Hey, FYI, for those of oh, you. Oh, wait, you're not going to be here again this weekend, aren't you? No, I'm not. Is that the FYI you were talking about? Cause, uh, uh, no, but I was going to say that uh, Daniel Sambuco, as long as he's in the lineup both games this weekend, will hit his 100. It'll be the, what, the fourth time in the last couple weeks, last month, that we've had a player hit their hit their century mark in games. So like we said when we were talking to Tyler, he will hit 200 games in the USHL by the time the season gets over. Please help Daniel Sambuco celebrate his 100th game, although it'll be up in Omaha. But uh, help him celebrate his hundredth in the league as well this weekend. Definitely, and I, I'll, I'll go up there. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I congratulate him for you. Will, will you take a cake up there with a hundred candles on it? You know, if I had to take a cake to Omaha, it might not make it all the way to Omaha because I'm a fat kid and I love cake. Oh well, you know, I'm sure Wilkie'd probably eat some cake with you. I he's not invited to the table. Speaking of Omaha. Speaking of Ralston's Liberty First or whatever it's called now, I actually had the opportunity last Thursday night to uh, play music, DJ for the high school state championship game. Dude, there was more atmosphere in that building that, that night than I've, I mean, there was probably 1,500, 1,750 people in that building for a high school club championship game between Creighton Prep and Omaha Metro. It was unbelievable. Even though Lincoln, even though my kids' team wasn't playing in it and the other Lincoln team wasn't, what a fantastic atmosphere! High school hockey it was it was it was amazing. Was there more hitting than a Lincoln Stars hockey game? I, <laughs> you can step over that bar sometimes, BA. I know. <laughs> I'm walking. It'll that get line. better. It'll get better. It'll get better. All right. Anyways, we'll see everybody here at the Ice Box Friday night. Pucks and paws night. <laughs>